Hello, and welcome to another episode of Philosophive. I'm your host, Justin Land, and today I have with me David Strickle, who channels the stream, and I'm a big fan. I'm excited to talk with him. Hello, David. Hi, Justin. Good to be here. Thank you for coming and, well, being here. And, uh, yeah, I must say I've, yeah, I've listened to your, um, the stream for about, on all for about a year, I would say, and uh, I've, you know, I've got, tried many sources for information. You know, you're always moving from one channel to the next and, and, and you always see the, get the same message, but it's always with that flair of the individual who's, who's channeling. And yeah, yours is a very, um, I feel like, it, yeah, it does speak to me in many ways in, in your biography and uh, the messages that you come through. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to just know how you started this because I, I noticed on your website, you talk about that it actually, you realized you had this connection as a child even, which I think is quite unusual. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not, I just like people forget about that connection. And uh, how was that development for you? And how did you become aware of this presence or this eternal knowledge and wisdom? Yeah, you know, I, Looking back, I have recollection going really young. You know, one of some of my first memories, I had this this sort of knowing that I just thought everybody had, and I think the reason that it, I, I think this is something that that everybody has some level of, but we're taught to ignore it and 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 sort of move away from it. And I think the unique thing about me is that I was born into a, a rather dysfunctional situation where I, I think I was the baby that was supposed to save the marriage. My father always wanted a daughter uh, and he had a sec, got a second son instead. And I, you know, from what I gather, their marriage was already broken. And so my father was gone by the time I was six, he met somebody else and left my mother for this other woman. And my mother really didn't have much interest in being a mother anymore. I don't think she ever really did in the first place. So I was really left to my own devices. So looking back now and sort of putting all the pieces of the puzzle together, I see that I, I think that perhaps I have a heightened ability, but also it was allowed to flourish because I was really sort of left alone as a child. And from a very, very young age. And what the stream did for me as a child is it helped me survive. I had, you know, I should have grown up to be a very different person than I grew up to be uh, without any parental supervision. Uh, I remember my parents and other people around saying that I was going to end up in prison or I was going to end up dead. And, you know, I just, because I was really independent uh, in my thinking and I didn't really care much for school. I didn't care much for conforming to what society was telling me I was supposed to be. And there's contrast on all topics. The, the positive of that is that I didn't absorb a lot of what my mother, you know, her, her negativity toward me, if you will, which was pretty severe, especially when I got into my preteen and teen years, uh, was, was pretty severe negativity. The whole, I never wanted you. I hate you. I wish you would die. I wanted to kill yourself. All that, Are you all that wonderful stuff. 
She said this oh, yeah. Wow, that's extreme. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She, you know, well, my mother was probably undiagnosed mentally ill. Mm. Uh, she was never a happy person. She lived her entire life in a pretty low vibration, uh, and it only got worse as the years progressed. And again, she, she never wanted to get married and have kids, according to her, in the first place. It's something she thought she had to do. And then when my father left, she was left with these two children that she didn't want. And my brother was a little older and, and he handled it differently than I did, but we both survived and we both ended up being functional adults, which is you know a, a nice thing that came out of all that. So as a child, I, I know now that I had something different going on than most kids had. Uh, it give, gave me a knowingness. It gave me skills to survive, even though I didn't have the typical skills. Um, you know, I, I wasn't a good student, yet I managed to get myself sort of passed all the way through school. Um, I didn't want to stay in, in high school uh, beyond uh, my class graduating, even though I wasn't caught up with all of them. So I went and took a GED uh, after my senior year and got out and started a real estate development company. And I had no money. I had no trust fund. My mother was minimum wage. You know, we were, we were very poor, but I always lived uh, from the time I was about 14 on. I, I operated like I had a lot of money and I did. I always had money and abundance flowing to me as a teenager because I knew enough about the law of attraction and the laws of the universe that I could bring that to me and that I could do or have or be anything. So at 19, I had no problem going to a landowner and a banker and a, an attorney and even the city and planning uh, a real estate development. Wow. I just knew I could do it. That's even though I had zero money to do it, I knew that I could do it. And I did that for about a year and, and we had some success. It wasn't a wildly successful real estate venture by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a very good learning experience for me regarding business and, and, and things that I like to do. I'm very creative. So, you know, starting out in life like that and then moving more into a corporate type scenario and then moving through life with some of these skills, but really ignoring the broader message that was available to me for a long time. I really thought, because I understood universal law and really spirituality to me is not the warm, fuzzy, you know, angels are guiding me brand of spirituality that a lot of people love. And I'm not judging that. I think that that's a wonderful thought. If you believe that and you feel that, then for you, it's true. I believe that we all create our own bubble of reality and I have no judgment against the, the staunch Christian that's in church every Sunday, believing in God and Jesus and, and all of that. If that serves them, I think that's great. If somebody believes in spirit guides and angels and all of that, I think that's great too. I think all of it is sort of the humanization of the energetic realm. And the energetic realm and science to me are really closer than a lot of us realize. Mm. And it's nice to think of source as love, I believe source is love, that positive force of energy that created and continues to expand the entire universe. But everything beyond that, from what I've always gotten, is human construct. It's you know, the humanization of the energetic realm because it helps us comprehend it, and it's fine. So for me, I really focused on universal law early on, and I thought from my human perspective, that success and happiness in life was having a lot of nice stuff and having a lot of money because I didn't have it. And I would, you know, I was around a lot of people that did have it. And that almost made it a little more difficult. My father married a woman. They had a child. The, the, uh, my stepmother's family had money. 
Uh, so my sister was always just showered with everything. She was, had everything she ever wanted as a child. And we did not. My brother and I would go down for Christmas and watch her just unwrap 50 gifts and we would get, you know, a check. And that would be, <laughs> it was a nice check, but it was like a hundred bucks each. We got a hundred dollars each every year for yeah. Christmas, which was a lot more than a lot of kids get. But my sister would get, a, you know, a bicycle and a VCR and a television and, a, you know, go riding ponies and all this, not a pony, but, you know, it's certificate to go ride ponies. She would get all kinds of lavish gifts. And it was just incredibly um, contrasting between the way we were treated and the way she was treated in that household. So to me, I wanted all that stuff. I wanted the stuff my cousins had. I wanted the stuff that, you know, my, my extended family were all sort of upper middle class and I really wanted that experience. I thought that's what happiness was. So I spent the first 20 years of my adult life really focusing on that. And I reached age 40 and realized, I always knew that some, I had something that other people didn't have and I would go to psychics and I would try to figure it out. And at that time, uh, from age 25 to about 40, uh, I was doing really well in a corporate, uh, in a corporate job and I was trying to mold myself into this corporate guy. And so I would go to a psychic and the psychic would say, and I went to one particular that was really good. She, she said, you are a channel, you have this gift, you, you can share source energy, source uh, consciousness with the world. You can do this, you can do that. And I remember thinking, I don't want any part of that. That's weird, woo-woo stuff. I don't want anybody to know how weird and woo-woo I really am. I, I liked it internally, but I was judging it externally. Exactly. And so having that experience, this was in my mid-30s. I, I saw a woman in Casadega, Florida. Casadega is a really cool little village in Florida uh, of, of psychics and mediums. And so I saw this woman and she told me all of this and she tried to turn me on to Abraham. And she said, uh, you know, you, you are very much like this. And she handed me, she had this big purple plastic binder and it was Abraham. And I remember looking at it thinking, that sounds like some crazy Old Testament biblical stuff that I've worked really hard to move away from in right. my life. I don't, you know, I don't want any part of it. I don't know what this, who this Abraham dude is. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember really being turned off by it. And then every once in a while, uh, the Abraham thing would sort of come back around and I would ignore it. I didn't listen to it. I didn't want any part of it. And years later, after I was 40 years old, I was living in Seattle, Washington. I had just moved to Seattle from Florida and I had uh, this, this car um, that was a rear drive car and it wouldn't make it up the hill to the house that I bought. And, and it snowed all the time up there and I remember my car wouldn't make it up the hill. And I really wanted to manifest at that time a black Range Rover. The this, this story goes somewhere, trust me. So I wanted this black Range Rover and I was already making a lot of money. I was living in a beautiful home, drive, the car I was driving, they wouldn't make it up the hills a Mercedes. And I was in this, this, you know, place of, wow, I'm living in this beautiful house. I've got all the things that I thought I needed to be happy, yet there's still a big hole in my life and I'm not happy. And I, the, the problem was I didn't love me. So I ignored the spiritual side of me. I sort of used it, um, if you will, just to focus on the law of attraction in terms of manifesting money and material things. And that's what my life turned out to be at age 40. Mm. So I'm living in Seattle, this million dollar home, you know, wanting this Range Rover. And this is around the time the book, The Secret came out. And I read The Secret. It really resonated with me. I kind of thought right away, like, wow, you know, this is so cool that this is getting out there because I've understood this my whole life. I didn't even know it was called the law of attraction until that book came out. And then I really you know, delved into it because I just knew 
wow, this is, this is why I had all those things as a kid. This is why I've attracted all the things in my life that I've attracted, uh, good and bad. I'm really understanding this on a deep level. And it was just music to my ears. So I really started incorporating a lot of that in, in my work. And, and in my work, I would travel around uh, the United States and teach uh, interior designers how to be successful financially. I had a corporate job. We had lots of locations. And you know, my uh, calling card is that I could teach anybody to make six figures selling furniture, essentially. And I had a lot of people that did. And I, I was really successful at it. I made a lot of money myself uh, doing that. So moved to Seattle. Uh, took over this territory and was teaching uh, this stuff uh, to, to interior designers in that market. And after one of my sessions, one of the designers came up and she said, you realize you're teaching law of attraction, right? And I said, I know I am, but I know that I can't say that in a group setting because it gets into teaching religion and that's not really cool in a corporate environment, but I tried to weave it in as much as I can. And she said, have you ever heard of Abraham? And I said, yeah, I know. I think I've heard of that, that, that person. I don't really know anything about them. I don't know what that is. She said, well, you really need to go listen to this because you sound like them. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to her desk and she had a box set of CDs. And this was how long ago this was, but still it was a little past the CD, CD era. So she hands me this box set of CDs, Abraham, once again, on purple. And she says, you need to go home and listen to this. And I thought it was really nice that she made that gesture. I said, okay, fine. I'll check it out took her box set of CDs, put them in the passenger seat of my, my car and proceeded to drive home. Well, driving home that night with Abraham CDs in my passenger seat, I drive up behind this black Range Rover, exactly the car that I was wanting to manifest. And the personalized license plate said Abraham. <laughs> yeah, life is a dream, I'm, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, so I'm looking at that car and I'm, I'm looking at my passenger seat thinking, okay, okay this is clearly a sign at long last, I need to pay attention to this Abraham person. So I went home that night and I listened to every single CD in the box set. And it was the original teachings of Abraham from, I think, 1988. Uh, All of the original teachings were Jerry Hicks is interviewing Esther. She's channeling Abraham. And he asks all these questions, all these different eternal laws. It was very different than what they teach now. Now is an evolution of that. It was actually more complex uh, at that time than it is now. So I really, it just resonated with me so highly. I started really consuming Abraham. And, and, I, and the more I consumed Abraham, the more I found love for myself and my abilities. And the, the more I was sort of opening up to talking about it a little more and being a little more spiritual publicly with other people talking about such things. And I started meditating and in 2010, uh, during a meditation, I had what I call a Kundalini awakening, yeah. where this energy erupted at the base of my spine and just ignited my whole body. And that energy has never left. It's it's flowing. It's it's zooming through me all the time. And after that time, I really started consuming Abraham, but I started sort of getting information that was like that, that was a little different. Mm not contradictory to anything that they're sharing, but perhaps even more. And so it took me a few more years of really using that time to sort of reinvent my life. I got out of a dysfunctional marriage. I got out of the million dollar house uh, that wasn't making me happy after all. Um, Changed my body. I used to weigh close to 300 pounds at that time. And and, and I lost all of the weight um, around that time. So I really reinvented me during this time with what I was getting combined with the teachings of Abraham. 
And it got to where it changed my life so profoundly. The only thing that was left in my life that was still a sticking point was my job. I was in a mid six figure uh, executive position with a publicly held company. And I was thinking that I have to have this job. I have to be in this field. Even though I believed in law of attraction and knew all about it, I was sticking myself in that field out of fear of not making that kind of living. And I kept trying to find other jobs, thinking another version of the same career would make me happy. And I would sabotage that every single time and it would not work out for some reason. And finally, I realized that what I was getting from the stream had changed me so profoundly that I could no longer not share it with the world. That I just had to come out of the closet for the second time in my life. <laughs> uh, time as a channel, and 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 just be public and just sort of rip the bandaid off and, and just tell everybody, this is what I do, this is who I am, and this is how it is. And that was in twenty the, toward the end of twenty seventeen, so not that long ago. Uh, I started the podcast, The Stream of David, and when I started channeling, I it probably took me two years or so from the time I started speaking what I was getting to the time that I did the podcast mm -hmm. and the speaking, I totally attribute that to Esther Hicks making the Abraham message very palatable to me mm -hmm. because once I really got into Esther and, and really got into Abraham, it didn't seem weird anymore. It didn't seem woo or strange or bizarre. And I really got to the point where I didn't care if it did. I didn't care if it turned other people off, you know, and I really got to, to where I realized that there's an audience for this. The people that are attracted to this are in the right place. The people that think it's weird and it's woo, they're right to not pay attention to it because they're not ready for it. It's not for them. Hmm. And when I came to that realization, that was sort of the last leg of me learning to truly embrace all that I am and, and really love myself. And that was a big transformation for me. And from that point, things sped up quite a bit. Um, I had the stream of consciousness. I knew what it was by then. Uh, I asked for a name. Years ago, I asked for a name of a spirit guide, and I got the name Philip. And then years later, uh, I got very clear communication from what I now call the stream that mm -hmm. they're not human. They are energy. They are consciousness. Mm -hmm we are humanizing them when we give them a name and it's okay to give them a name. There's nothing wrong with calling them Joshua or Joseph or Abraham or Seth or Theo or any of that stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. It's an identity that we can identify with. But to me, I just thought, well, wow, this is so much more than human. I'm just going to call you the stream. Mm -hmm. And they obviously were very positive about that. They, <laughs> you know, they aren't yep. really a they, but that's how I refer to them. We, we, we have no words to really describe what all of that is. And, and part of what you do as a channel is learn, set an intention to find the words to communicate these thoughts that are way beyond human comprehension. Mm. And that's, that's a challenge in the beginning as a channel. And the more you do it for other people, the more they draw other people draw that out and the better it gets. That's why exactly. I love doing live streams. I love doing uh, in-person channeling when I can do that again in the future. That would be great. Um, podcasts, anytime that I can share the streams message and have somebody that's really engaged with that energy, asking the questions, new, new information comes out all the time. It's a discursive so, method. It's, it's interesting because it's a very much a, a philosophical thing, you know, like also the Greeks did that with the, uh, 
discovered this dis discourse with Socrates and, you know, I, I'm positive he, he was channeling as well, you know, it's like, but he required, he didn't write things down, you know, it's like um, those times it was Plato who wrote that later, you know, and uh, yeah, this wisdom that came through him was definitely just the people asking the right questions. And, you know, I think that uh, that's how you probably developed your, obviously your channeling ability is you asked yourself, obviously in some respect, but I think, putting it out there and, you know, being able to, there, there, there's a dynamic there that I've noticed with channels that, that it's, um, you know, I think with Abraham, it started with, uh, with Esther, it was just Jerry, right? And Jerry was posing these questions and he had uh, very specific interests, you know, and I think that's what developed that material. But now on this world stage, you know, with these live streams and everything, you, you see, like, as you were saying, things have changed a bit with the dynamics and with the, what's, what, what it's bringing up. And uh, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And everybody has access to it as you, I mean, but it's obviously it's just, it's very interesting how you knew about something, this connection so early, and then you kind of began to use it as a tool of sorts to, to achieve certain goals and, and, you know, like a genie in a bottle kind of situation. And then you discovered that, you know, that wasn't making you happy. And, and that's the kind of the goal here. And then, but it's when you embrace that side of you completely, I guess, and, and realize that that is, that is you, right? I mean, you would say also that this, the stream is that love element of you as well, right? I mean, you don't, can you really, separate yourself from that now or is how is how's that relationship i think it's i i think the stream flows to and through everyone mm. and, and everyone has their version of it and it, it is i'm as connected to it as it is to me and and the message is it's it's interesting because when i'm in a high vibrational state there's a certain level of knowing that's just present but when I set the intention to full on channel, they come up with things that I could never imagine. And it is different. And there is a different uh, cadence to the way they speak and mannerisms that I take on um, and things like that. And it's not like being possessed. You know, a lot of times people think that the, this energy is just taken over my body and it's speaking through me. I don't really, feel like it's like that. It, it's, it's very hard to describe. It's almost like I take my consciousness and allow my consciousness to step back and allow them to step forward. I'm present while it's going on, but when it's all said and done and it's over and, and they depart, if you will, and I come back, I don't have much recollection of it. Bits and pieces, and sometimes I get things later that, that happened, but I don't have a lot of recollection of it. And I, I'll do these live streams and sometimes we'll have a technical difficulty and I'll sort of come out of the connection and people, I'll just say, well, just ask me questions. I'll see what I can answer. And they'll start asking these questions that I can't begin to answer. Oh. I have yet to see this, the stream get stumped. Of course, I always tell everybody, you know, they are limited to my vocabulary and intellect. So if you're using a word or a language that I can't comprehend from my human perspective, I'm not going to be able to get anything from them because I am the one that's comprehending the question and comprehending the answer and, and giving it back. But I'm so aligned with them in that moment 
that I'm, I'm just getting thoughts that I, the thoughts come so fast, I can't even keep up with the speech. You'll notice that when I channel, I stammer a lot because it's just coming, it's like rapid fire, it's just all instantaneous information. Sometimes the information is there before the question's even asked. Mm. And, and I, it's, it's sort of like I'm just dying to answer something before the, the, the speakers even finish asking the question because I already know the answer to it. This is an interesting but, point because I, I don't mean to jump in, but it's, well, I do. But uh, the, I, was think, I heard you say a story that you had um, something happen um, with your brain or you had a, like a, it was a mild stroke. I, I can't remember. Is this correct what I heard about? And I had an, uh, what finally happened is I actually mm -hmm. fell at, uh, at work and got injured. And hit my head. I had a concussion, uh, and that's where the this mark over here ended okay. up yep. from. Didn't have that before. Now it's there. And it seems right. to be permanent. More than two years later, um, and I had a concussion, and I had some memory loss and things like that. And I was already channeling prior to that. It wasn't like I, you know, hit my. It would be a lovely story, but it's not true. I hit my head and suddenly I'm channeling it. It wasn't like that. And I'll, I don't want people going out hitting their heads thinking there's still going to be channels right. because it didn't work like that. I was doing this, but the accident was my manifestation, I thought in the beginning, to help me exit my job. And I know there wasn't some big lawsuit or millions of dollars paid or anything like that at all, not at all. Uh, but I had the option to return to work and I chose to resign after that injury because it really made me realize it, it, it put things into perspective for me. And I see now that I changed my perspective and in the changing of the perspective, I manifested an ascension for myself. And what mm -hmm. followed that, if you've listened to that, it's all on the podcast, it's all chronicled in the podcast. My ascension culminated in me having multiple physical ailments, you know, not just from the accident, other things that were going on suddenly that left me bedridden for days, you know, so much so that I couldn't even go to the restroom. You know, it was that bad. I was literally bedridden. I called my doctor. She said, you need to call 911 and go to the hospital. I knew right away the hospital was not going to help me. I'd already been in the hospital for the concussion that I was going through it. And essentially I actually contacted a healer who helped me understand what was happening. And I went through that period. And then after that period, I was in better health than I'd been in, in my entire adult life, feeling better than I'd felt in my entire adult life and the relief of back pain and, and all of this stuff. So I realize now that I have some time and distance looking back at that, that time, all of it, of course, was my manifestation. I, I attracted you know, getting injured at work because I didn't want to be in the job anymore. Uh, I attracted the way they treated me, which was not very well after a 20 year career with a company as a top executive. Um, which led me to, to separate from them and really led me to, to do what I call jump out of the airplane, you know, leave a, a, a very high paying job at a time in my life where I didn't have a giant nest egg that I was sitting on. Uh, I was, had a very high cost of living. I was living in San Francisco and, and living in a really nice place and driving a really nice car and uh, helping raise my then sister-in-law, someone else's child, a 16 year old daughter was living in my household and I was, her caregiver basically and provider and you know I had more responsibility than ever and I decided just to quit with no plan I did not have a business plan I did not have any clue how I was going to make a living as a channel I just knew that channeling and and 
sharing this, this information that I've received with the world was what I was going to do with the rest of my life, no matter what. Even if it meant living under a box, as I like to say, living under, under in a box under a frame, which I still do not. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, two years later, I'm still here, still doing it and have no intention not to do it. Mm. And, you know, the opportunity to create a course came along and, you know, I was already writing the book. Uh, I started writing the book before I left the job and I was doing the podcast. And then I decided to, quote unquote, jump out of the airplane and I had no plan. And I already knew enough about publishing to know that I was not going to be able to make a living writing a book. You know, mm -hmm. most authors do not live off of their books uh, unless you're, you know, J.K. Rawlings or somebody like that. Yes. And your books would be made into movies and all of that. Uh, you're just not able to do that anymore. So I had the book and I was going to self-publish the book. And I uh, reached out via social media to find, uh, I set an intention to find an editor that would edit my book for me. Because I'm dyslexic. I love to write but gosh, I'm dyslexic. There's tons of typos. Autocorrect is my best friend and my worst enemy <laughs> being a dyslexic. And I knew I needed a really good editor. Plus, you know, I have a 10th grade education. I taught myself everything that I know, including I did teach myself how to write with a certain style, but I knew I needed editing. I needed somebody that was more of a grammarian than, than I am. So this, this wonderful person named Kat Wanders shows up in my Instagram feed saying, Hey, I'm a book editor. I love spiritual writing. I'm a follower of the stream. I would love to edit your book. And she and I just hit it off when we met. It was just like one of those scenarios where we'd known each other for multiple lifetimes. And I know that we have, and the, the relationship just took off from there. And, and so she edited my first book. She actually introduced me to the person who became my publisher. And she introduced me to someone who taught me how to do a, an online course. And I remember at the beginning of that conversation, saying, well, I'm not going to do online courses. I'm an author. I'm going to channel. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to do what Abraham does. I'm not going to do some silly online course. No, 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 no. And she says, well, it's, it's a nice way to make a living. If you're an author, you know, having some coursework that goes along with what you teach that you charge for is a way that you can actually support yourself. So I think you need to think about this. I was really turning my nose on that. I was really judging it. And so I stepped away from it and meditated about it. And the stream swooped in. And I think it was the first time I ever really got the vibe from them that they were sort of almost saying, Hey, dumbass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't really say that, but that's the vibe I got was, Hey, yeah. pay attention to what is happening, what you've manifested here, because if you really want to help people change their lives, this online course is a way to do that. And that's your intention. You didn't set an intention just to go do workshops for the glamor of doing workshops. You want to help people change their lives. So if you want to do that, here's a way to get people into a concentrated scenario to really help them change. And it all just got, became so clear to me that I needed to do this course. And then I realized what she taught was the software and the marketing and the mechanics of doing a course. The thing I liked about her is she did not tell you what the course was supposed to be. That had to come from you. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, well, I know that I want to teach a course and learning how to do the things that I've done in my life that have cleaned up my vibration, if you will, and raised it to the point where I've completely reinvented myself now to where I, you know, quit my corporate job. I've lost hundred pounds. I got out of a bad relationship. I walked away from old friendships. I've learned to be alone. I've learned to be in silence. I've learned to not judge other people. I've loved to learn to give no, no power to politics and, and just all of that stuff was, wow, I've spent 10 years. I realized doing all of this in my life. And now I need to find a way to package this and teach it to other people. Mm -hmm. 
So, okay. so the person that it was interesting because you always, when you, in the way the universe works, you, you always get somebody that helps, you know, if that obviously you had the dyslexia. Right person at the right time. Right time. If you pay attention. But if you tried, if you didn't have like dyslexia and, and stuff like that, and it was, you felt you could do it on your own. It, it would not be as effective. It's like, we were like, in some ways we're doomed to require, you know, the people to come into our lives to at certain moments. I, I think that's part of the human experience because obviously sure. non-physical things just appear, but for some reason it feels like here we, 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 we have these certain pieces that we, we have and we feel in a puzzle and it's like, we, we need to be open to allowing others to being their puzzle pieces and they will assist us. I, I, your website's amazing. It's like, uh, I can see it's professional and, and, and it's, you don't have that with every, you know, everybody in the, the channeling scene, you know, where it's, uh, it seems like I was very fortunate to, to manifest the right team of people mm. and, and somebody that went through boot camp, uh, Matt, um, the, the guy from Sydney, he does a lot of live streams and stuff with me. I think I've he, seen him. Yeah. He owns a digital yeah. marketing company. And, <laughs> and he's, uh, he, he, he's good friends, uh, with Dr. Joe Dispenza and oh, wow. cool. has, has helped him with some social media and things mm -hmm. like that. And it, he took, uh, Matt ended up taking, he was a fan of the stream. He ended up taking Thai boot camp. And when he graduated, he said, you know, this has helped me so profoundly in so many ways in my life. Uh, I want to give back out. What can I do for you? And, and we've been working together ever since. And it's been over a year now. Um, and I, I created everything myself. You know, the, 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 the woman that taught me how to do my online course uh, teaches you how to do it, but you do it yourself. So I built out everything myself. I built my guided meditation app. I built out all my uh, 33 pieces of software I use in my business. Great number. And, yeah. And I, yeah, it's interesting. I counted it all up one time. I'm like, wow, 33, look at that. Um, so 33 pieces of software to, to run what I do. And I created all of it. I, I set it all up. I created all of it. I know what an API key is now. I know how, you know, all, all of this, all this jargon and stuff that I never knew before. I was never a, a tech person. Uh, I like technology. I think it's fascinating how we can make things work for us so well but I'm not a coder, you know, I'm, I'm not writing computer code. I do not have a mathematical mind at all. Um, so I, I set all that stuff up myself and I created this online course and right away I was just amazed. I went on my podcast and said, Hey, I've got this course. If you're interested, let me know. And suddenly I had a line of people that wanted to take this course. I thought this is so cool. Well, the interesting thing is, and I was very upfront about it. The course didn't even exist yet. So I had people writing me checks and, and giving me money to take this course. And the person that was teaching me how to do it said, it's okay. You're going to create the course with your first class and that's going to become your, your course. Right. And it was just such a high vibration thing to do because I realized if I had just gone from my ego state and created some course my way as somebody who's been channeling really their whole life, it wouldn't have been the same as it, is that I created it with people that, that started from a blank slate mm. and having them co-create that course with me is what made it what it is. And so it was perfection. I just, I knew what I needed to teach and it just sort of unfolded into this course. It was called abundance breakthroughs in the beginning. And then I realized once we got to the end of it, that this isn't a course that you just take and you learn and you're done that we were really 
learning the spiritual practice that I'd created for myself. And I touched on it in the book. There's a, uh, a chapter in my, my book uh, called Taya, T-Y-A, Trusting Your Abundance. And I realized that, wow, what I do is the practice of that. These four things that I teach in this course really are the four pillars of that. And that's where Taya came from. After the course was already born, it transitioned, it, it evolved, it grew into Taya, and then it, it grew from an online course to a boot camp. Mm. Because there are a lot of online courses out there. And for me, I don't know how to teach this in a in a situation where you're just accessing digital information and learning it. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different story. And a big part of Taya is identifying your, your root transgressors and forgiving the, you know, sort of healing your, your inner child, if you will. Uh, that's a big, big part of it. And that requires coaching. And that requires some one-on-one -on -one interaction with, with someone who knows what they're doing. And even requires for me, the stream, I channel the stream for everybody that comes into my bootcamp program. And the stream helps you determine what the root causes are your root transgressors are in your life because everything that's happened in your life up until this moment is a culmination of your vibration and your vibration is created via your your ego consciousness as a physical being and that starts even prior to birth but we really kind of pick up at birth we don't go pre-birth it's sort of like you're born you you have physical uh, you know, contact with other human beings. And then you're that, that, that thirsty sponge that's just drinking it all in. And that starts to inform your life mm -hmm. and how you react to everything that's going on around you and what's going on around you obviously impacts who you're going to develop into. But the good news is, is that there's things, there's aspects of all of us that we like, and there's aspects of all of us that we want to change. Mm -hmm. And when you figure out what the roots are, and the roots are usually just two or three little things from early childhood that just branch out into everything. Mm. And when you trace back the, the unwanted aspects, if you will, you can go back and, and really pinpoint the root cause of, of that vibration that's developed into a full-blown, you know, unwanted vibration now. Mm. So that's what we do in boot camp is we get in and start working on that. So we work on finding appreciation for all of the negative things that have happened has happened in our lives, people, circumstances, and events, we call them transgressors. So anything that you've got going on that is an abundance block, and we all have something, you know, we're not perfect and we're not intending to be perfect, but there's always something that most of us want to work on that would like to change. And we want more, or we want to, you know, become better at something. We're expansive by nature. And when we stop expanding, we start regressing. And expanding feels a lot better, right? So we get the roadblocks out of the way that hamper the expansion in the areas where you want to expand. We do that. We really shift perspective on everything that's happened in our lives. We get rid of that victim mentality. We start taking ownership of everything that's happened, even, even childhood abuse, uh, which is a hard hurdle for a lot of people to get over because we're taught to think like victims. But when you go back and say, okay, I attracted that somehow. I attracted my parents. You know, in my example, yes, I was born into a father that left when I was six and a mother that, you know, checked out at that point and, and was never present. Uh, but look what that did for me. 
that allowed me to be who I am now. It allowed me to be this independent thinker. I really charted my own course. I did not live life at all the way society told me I was supposed to live it. And here I am 52 years old, thriving and loving myself and loving the world and, and thriving during the pandemic. And, you know, I have these tools to do that. And that's something that, you know, now two years later, I created Taya Bootcamp uh, in March of, of 2018. And it, it, beginning, it, it was something else in the beginning, like I said, but it's, it's now Taya Bootcamp. Uh, and after two years of graduates in our Taya community now, the Taya community is thriving. Mm-hmm. Everyone that I'm in contact with in our uh, graduate program, they're doing great. They're all employed, they're healthy, they're happy, they're not freaked out by the pandemic, they're not really freaked out by what we call the global reset that's going on, they're eager for what's next. They have the tools to do well in life no matter what. Absolutely. And then I have, I have friends that aren't into this stuff at all. And I kind of like having friends that aren't so into this stuff. It's sort of like it's nice to kind of clock out, you know, and, and talk yeah, about so. something else. And they're freaked out. They're depressed. They're frightened. They're scared. They're really wound up about politics. The ones that, you know, the people in the United States are really wound up about politics right now. And yeah, I, I want to help everybody, but I have to accept that not everybody's ready for it and not everybody wants to be helped. Not by this, especially. No. So that's kind of where I am today is I'm very happy that we created Taya Bootcamp and the Taya practice. I, I see people thriving with it. It's extremely satisfying for me. And now that I see the contrast and now that we've been uh, faced with this global pandemic and this uncertainty and, and, and I see how the people that do this practice are, are thriving, I am really on fire to get out and just share it with the world in, in every way. You know, bootcamp is bootcamp. I teach Taya all the time in my Facebook group and, and we have a Taya book that's coming out. Uh, bootcamp is for people that want to get into an intensive 12 week program and really, <laughs> really, you know, absorb this as, is the new version of them. And not everybody's ready for that, but for the people that are bootcamp's great. But I, this, this stuff just oozes out of me all the time now. I mean, I'm going to put all the links below and, uh, and the, um, about all the stuff you're doing with the bootcamps and the Taya. Um, and I think it's, for me, it was the Joshua abundance bootcamp that I did with uh, Gary that was just before this all happened. And I see like in my story that how that, you know, it's, it's destiny that you kind of like test yourself also in this time, you can see the two, the world splitting and you can literally see the choices people are making to follow certain pathways, you know, and, 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 and it's not, it's always a choice, you know, even in yeah. a global thing, it's not really global. It's, it's, it's very much a local global experience. And, um, I, I was wondering, David, uh, it would be possible to um, channel um, the stream? Uh, Certainly. Um, what I'm going to do is going to put a little break on the video, and then we'll come back. Uh, and then I guess you'll, the stream will be there when we come back. <laughs> all right. So Yeah, let's do that. All right. So I'm going to hit the... We are here. Hello, stream. Thank you for being here, as you always are, I guess. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I had a wonderful conversation with David and, uh, you know, we talked about his biography and he spoke about having a connection to you as a child, I would say, through this source and, and which I found to, that awareness and how that developed is a very interesting way. How, like, for instance, yeah, how, how does one exactly just point blank? I mean come to the realization and then 
come to that point where they can accept this bigger aspect of who they are and sit back and allow this bigger aspect to come forth because there's a bit of fear in that as well, obviously of losing oneself in this process, correct? You have touched on a, a, a very relevant topic and, and not by accident, of course. David has, has brought you up to speed with what transpired in his life up until now. And, and, and something that, that he has struggled with very recently is fully letting go, if you will, and allowing us to, to, to flow more freely all the time. And, and he has been guided to do this, to, 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 to step into being more of a guru. Notice that you, you have people that are teachers and, and, and sharers of, of messages such as this that, that embody more of what you would call the stereotype of the guru. And, and, and that serves an audience, certainly. But there are aspects of that, that that can turn others off from the message. And David's intention from the very beginning, when he began sharing us, was to share something that is that is very palatable. We do not want to use the term normal, but something that is it is not so frightening, that does not automatically turn the, 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 the viewer or the listener off. Because the intention is to share what we have to offer. What we have to offer will help all of humanity. But certainly we are aware that all of humanity is not ready for this. We are here to connect with those who are ready for our message. And we have stated from the very beginning, when David began sharing our message verbally and in writing, that we are here regardless of the numbers. We are here for one, or we are here for one million, or one billion. It, 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 we are flowing for those that are ready. David's human consciousness, his ego, plays a role in this. There is contrast on every single topic, always. The positive of David's ego is that he is willing to step out and, and, and put himself out there, if you will, stating that he shares source. He, he shares original thought. He shares the source of all creation. It takes ego to step out in, in that way and, and share that. E even if one is uh, perhaps uh, appearing humble, there is an ego element involved in, in stepping out and sharing a message such, such as this. The, the, the negative aspect of, of the ego being involved, if, if you will, from your human perspective, is the the, the fear of judgment that has to be gotten over, the, the needing of the attention of it, the, 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 the desiring the big numbers, the desiring of the, the filling of the stadiums, if you will, and, and the message being embraced by millions, that is all ego consciousness. And, and, and there is not necessarily anything wrong with that. That balance of ego is exactly what is handled correctly, if you will, is exactly what is going to connect this message with the correct audience. That, that, that law of attraction element is always present in all things. And the ones who are seeking this type of information 
have multiple sources, as you are aware. We are flowing through many. In fact, our energy and our consciousness flows through all creation, which absolutely includes every single human being on planet Earth at this time. But the ones who are able to receive it and comprehend it and share it are, 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 are a stark minority. And, 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 and that, by and large, is connected to your intention before you even come to planet Earth. You do not all intend to come and be channels in the sense that, that you are receiving and sharing this information. But you absolutely do all intend to come and, and, and allow some of this, allow your path back to this type of thought at some point to reach you. And some of you, meaning humanity, never achieve that. And there is nothing wrong with that. That is not a judgment against that experience. Because even that experience for a human being holds value in your expansion. But those that do find their way want more. Again, you are all expansive by nature. And, 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 and as such, you are all wanting to progress. You are all wanting to do more, be more, have more, see more, experience more, and be more than you were before. That is your expansive nature. And you get to decide how you go about doing that and how you go about facilitating that expansion. And, and, and when you find words such as this and they really resonate, when, when you're in high vibrational state and you're listening to what we have to share, it's going to resonate with you because this message is already part of you. And when you are in a lower vibrational state, the message is going to, to, to give you a different result. You're going to feel different about it, perhaps even turned off by it or angered by it. And you are all on different paths. So some are ready to hear this message and some are not. The, the positive impact of our teachings is really endless. Because once you claim your power, once you claim your worthiness, there is nothing that you cannot be or do or have. But for many of you, there is some work to be done in detuning the old negative vibrations that you all pick up along your paths. Those limiting beliefs that do not serve you. You eventually reach a place in your lives where you realize that your beliefs are not serving you. And, and, and that is a turning point but that is not the final turning point because there are many who understand that their beliefs do not serve them. In, fa in fact, all humanity will come to that realization sooner or later. But the vast majority will throw in the towel, if you will, on actually making the changes to change those limiting beliefs because it is work and it takes a continual vibrational work. Because those of you that really understand law of attraction understand that you are only going to receive lasting positive change if you shift your vibration to that. And if you do not understand fundamentally the shifting of vibration, whether you call it vibration or you call it law of attraction or you call it confidence or you call it self-empowerment, all of these human labels are all mean the same thing. But if you are not able to bring yourself to a place of tuning to that frequency and hold yourselves there, you're not going to really change much. You're going to stay in these unwanted cycles and sort of be who you are throughout your lifetime. And then at the end of your lifetime, when you return to your completed state, you will still look back upon that life experience and understand that it held value for your expansion. So there's nothing wrong with any of this. This is why we say this is not for everyone. Everyone's not ready for it. As much as David from his 
his benevolent sense and his ego sense wants to share it with the entire planet, he understands via our teachings that you're never going to get your entire planet, all of humanity, at the same vibration at the same time. In fact, that would be the true destruction of your environment if you did achieve that. But you are not in danger of that by any stretch of the imagination. That's a very, this idea of becoming a blended being. So when I, I think about, like for you, the relationship between, can we say that maybe you are, in a sense, uh, David's higher self in some respect? Can one say, use this terminology in some respect that David is an aspect of you? Uh, you're an aspect of David too, I guess you can say, but what is the real goal here in walking this earth? Is it, so in the channeled state, for example, now he's channeling infinite wisdom and, and it's giving him exactly what he needs to know. Um, and it's always, but then we switch it off and do our day-to-day -day things, yeah? Uh, but is it possible to be in this connected state as a human uh, for, without interruption? Uh, or I mean, this is kind of a, yeah, I've always been curious about this relationship aspect of um, self-discovery and, you know, was David discovering that he is the stream? <laughs> David is in the process of discovering that, that he is the stream and, 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 and the stream is, is him and, and, and there is really a oneness there. And he has held on to the human aspect for the, 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 the lessons offered in it. And you are never, as a physical being, you are never going to fully overcome contrast. You are never going to fully reside at the top of your vibrational spiral at all times. He has seen in the, just the last few years of his life that he is at, at the top of that spiral most of the time and, and that life is truly abundant up there and there is great clarity and joy available up there. And, 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 and he believes, and he is correct, that all humans can move their vibration up to that space. And a part of moving up to that space is the acceptance of contrast, is the acceptance that sometimes negative things are going to cross your path. And, and you're not always going to be able to immediately explain it. David's life has been on an upward trajectory for quite some time. And in the past several months, almost a state of what you would call perfection. Yet there's contrast. Yet he experienced identity theft not long ago that delivered a, a little bit of contrast to him, not much, but it was an annoyance and, and a disruption that did not have a, from his now perspective, a, a positive outcome. Eventually he will see that, but that is not available to him yet. He, he, he's got to make peace with that fully to see the value in it. He has also gained weight during the, the, the reset, the pandemic time. Because instead of going to the gym and, and doing the physical things outdoors that he used to do, he, he is spending time entertaining himself and, and, and Michael by cooking and eating. And, 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 and there has been weight gain. So there, there, there are aspects that are human challenges that are still present, even in a very, very high vibration. And, 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 and that serves your expansion. Again, you are not going to reach a state of, of pure perfection until you return to your completed state. And then from that state of pure perfection, you're going to want nothing more than to come back to physical and experience contrast yet again. And, 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 and very often, more contrast than you placed yourselves in the path of before.
Dear, dear God. You, under, <laughs> you, under, you understand from that higher perspective that you can place yourself on the path of contrast. And even if that contrast results in your early demise, if you will, your, your early return to your completed state, perhaps you are a stillborn or, or, or even aborted fetus, that, has, that experience has value for you. That, that, that taking that risk to come into a, a higher risk environment with more contrast, perhaps illness or poverty or abuse or neglect or something of that nature very early on, will give you the opportunity for magnificent expansion, especially if you are able to pull yourself out of that. That represents a magnificent expansion from a human perspective. Those are your very favorite stories, all of you. You all love stories of triumph. You all love stories of triumph through adversity. Why is that? That is because you are expansive by nature and overcoming obstacles is your true purpose for being physical. That is why you are here. You are here on planet Earth to come into a physical environment and discern things that are your physical preference. The, the, the physical interactions, the food, the, 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 the beautiful scenery, the, 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 the beautiful music, all, all of the things that, that you view with high appreciation are expressions of our energy, are expressions of source. And you are part of source and, and, and you are seeing an expression of the very highest vibration part of you when you interact with these things. And if you interact with something and you believe that it's something that you can have or do or experience, you are at your very best because you are in an allowing state and, and that is going to flow to you. When you come and discern a preference and do not believe that it can be yours and you hold yourself away from it, that is the source of all of your stress. Hmm. And your stress is your source of, of, of multiple negative reactions, including all of your physical ailments are a result of that. This is, so, this is very interesting because um, there's this, I would say, for example, Abraham's message, uh, as far as channel messages, is to focus on the positive, right? And to pump that up. And that raises your vibration and, and not to focus on the negative too much. And, and, and the, obviously, and I, I see that in my own life, how I can see exactly where I'm kind of avoiding certain conflicts. And, but I feel good and my vibration is most of the time very quite high, I would say. I don't, you know, and I wonder, it will come up when I'm ready to deal with it, the, the negative aspect, and, and, and it will become, it has to come up at some point in, in, in a manifestation event as uh, Joshua speaks about. And, and I feel like I'm on my path. It's just, it's so obvious, to, it becoming more obvious for the stuff I'm avoiding, you know, because it, it has a negative charge for me. And, um, and that, I guess I will never completely obviously overcome that quasi not completely accepting that and i'm just have to accept that fact about being human is that we're always going to have these construction sites where you know it's, that, that there, there's always going to be gaps and uh but i, I like it, what about focusing on the positive and not looking at the negative how beneficial is that the, the, the brand of, of what we offer, if you will, and, and it's interesting that you bring this up. Of course, you, you are bringing this up in perfection. And, and one of the first things that David did not share with you 
that, that occurred with him when he began sharing our message is he asked very clearly because he, he was a fan of Abraham. He, he absorbed a, a lot of their teachings, but he was also somewhat frustrated by their teachings because no matter what he did in his personal life, even though he knew most of what they were teaching early on before he ever encountered them at all, he knew that there were things in his life that were dragging his vibration down that were elements of his past. And as much as he desired to just be happy and just focus on the positive as, as he was guided to by the Abraham message, he had things that it, it, when, when polarity would drag his vibration down and polarity does, there were elements of his past that haunted him. And when he revisited these, these memories of, of his mother being verbally abusive and, and, and perhaps even physically abusive toward him and his father not being present and these negative things that happened to him, it, it, it lowered his vibration. And he knew that he needed to continually raise his vibration for more joy, for more clarity, and for the abundance that, that he wanted. And so he set the intention to create something for himself based on a combination of that which he absorbed from Abraham and that which he absorbed from us. We will tell you we're all rooted in the same place. We are Abraham, yep. but we are David's version of that. Abraham is, is Esther's version of our energy. We are not a, a we nor an I. We are a stream of consciousness and not a singular entity. And not physical, certainly, and not human. We are awareness. We are knowing. We are original thought. We flow through all. But those who set the intention and have the, for lack of a better term, skill set to channel are few and far between, as you know. And they're all different. And they're all serving a different audience. Because he asked very clearly, why channel when Abraham exists. We were very clear in our response that there will never be another Abraham. There does not need to be another Abraham. The Abraham message is, is exactly what it is. It is exactly perfect. And, and it's connecting with the audience that it needs to connect with. It, it, that message has done a lot to, to advance consciousness across the planet. But, it is filtered through a human being that has a set of intentions and a set of experiences and, and David's intentions and experiences are different. Even though not coincidentally, they are both Pisces. They, they, they were born just a few days apart, exactly 20 years different. He is an evolution of that message. Our teaching is an evolution of that message. And that does not mean that we are better than or more than or above or anything of that nature. But everything is evolutionary. And, and the message that, 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 that she is sharing, and, and Esther's sharing of the Abraham message, is, is through her intention, connecting with a specific audience with a specific set of wants and needs who are ready for that message. And it serves them well and will continue to do so well beyond Esther's human lifespan. The stream message through David's intention was meant to be an evolution even more unfiltered. 
even deeper because David's life experience had perhaps more childhood trauma included. So him coming from that perspective of, yes, Abraham, I know that you want me to just be happy, but there are some things from my past that hold that happiness away. That was his vibration. And through that vibration, he created, co-created with our teachings, a set of tools that allowed him to heal his past. And people that are attracted to the deeper message, the, the, the Taya message, if you will, are those who are healing elements of their past to better inform their present and their future. And that was the intention all along. And, and, and now years later, that's exactly what has unfolded for him and continues to unfold. And he is now facing what he would call the next frontier of moving more into being a, a full-blown teacher, fully merged with that which we are and not holding on to bits of humanity that he used to hang on to, partially out of fear of, of letting go of his humanity. He understands now that, that his stepping into to full-blown spiritual leadership and being a guru, if you will, is his humanity. Yeah, the, the, the earth needs this at the moment. It's obvious that the earth is calling for teachers to come forth, and that's why they're coming forth. I, I like the fact that Abraham's obviously the A, the starting, the starting point for a lot of people. And then we have Bashar, who's the, a B, and, and that's interesting contrast with Bashar as well. Um, I'm not sure how familiar David is with him, but you know, this, it's more of a science fiction aspect of it. It's a, it's a, a fifth dimensional beings or being um, that has a similar message to you, but it seems like is more technical, more, you know, building, talking about hybridization programs and, 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 there, there is an audience that, that very much needs the energetic realm to be far more complex than it actually is mm -hmm. and able to appreciate it. Right. The, 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 David's mind does not work like that. Da David's mind goes back to simplicity, ease, mm -hmm. less confusion in the message, clarity. The, the, the energetic realm operates very simply. The, you, you hear of all of these multiple universal laws the, the things that we would call true universal law, that are eternal law, are what you would call the law of attraction, that all creation occurs via attraction, all creation, every thought, and everything from there, all the way to full-blown creation of the universe is all via law of attraction. The second law is, is the law of polarity, that, that attraction is always governed or influenced, if you will, by polarity. There is always a fluctuation in the vibration that creates attention that truly creates expansion. Mm. Because if you could create from consciousness the quote unquote perfect world where you all live in great abundance, you have every single thing that you want and there is no contrast, there is no illness, there is no poverty, there is no disagreement there would be absolutely no purpose for the physical environment in the first place because you would never be wanting for anything more because you would be in perfection. And in that perfect state, you would not be creating new because you're in perfection. 
And if you're not creating you, you're not expanding. And you're all energetic beings. You're all expansive at your core as we are. If you are not in an environment where you're wanting more, you're actually regressing. The universe would actually cease to be. Our energy would dwindle in that scenario. You are all part of us. You come to physical to discern a preference toward things that you want, including very often correction, change, progression, being more than, better than, changing. And in that desire, you create more new things than you ever would in an environment of perfection. Therefore, you are not here for perfection. It really is that simple. But very often human beings need to create human-like, human-like creatures and other dimensions that are like Earth but different and other planets, which absolutely there, there is other life beyond Earth. But the focus upon all of that and the, the, is what we call the humanization of the energetic realm, trying to, to create a human-like creature to make sense of energy that you know is there, consciousness that you know is there, and, and giving it a, a physical quality, while our energy is not physical. We are not physical-like. We do not have wings. We are not reptilian. We are not of other planets. It is interesting when you delve into these things, notice that if you go off into a, a spiritual teaching that, that is somewhat tied to what you would call a, a science fiction vibration, that you are dealing with these creatures that are human-like but not human. You are dealing with beings on other planets who are always more intelligent than human beings. And you are tapping into this intelligent on, intelligence on this other planet that has more knowledge than human beings have and bringing that back to earth. What these humans are really tapping into is our consciousness, but they're filtering it by perceiving it as life on a different planet mm. or life perhaps from a different time or some sort of, a, 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 of higher being that is angelic are ascended masters and, and they are thinking of humans sitting around in white robes with long beards sprouting wisdom that is very earthly there's nothing wrong with any of this but what you're encountering when you encounter david in the stream and others is less filtration that has been the that that has been the intention with david from day one and notice that he has not gone and studied all these other things so much. That, that the, the, the lane, if you will, of Abraham was the most palatable to him because it wasn't so human-like. It was simply a stream of consciousness that was easy to comprehend, that felt right to him, felt like pure love, felt like a path to joy, and felt authentic. And he took that and shared what comes to him, his version of that, in a way that's even less filtered than that. Yeah. Because you will progress to a place vibrationally where you no longer fear the negative. You no longer need to just focus on being happy and that's it. You understand polarity. You understand that your vibration is going to flux. The frustration that can come from teaching such as that is that you're all vibrational beings. You're going to drop in vibration from time to time. What do you do with that time? Is it bad? Is it negative to be down there? 
Is it something that you, you've got to heal yourself from and be at the top of your spiral all the time? The answer to that is no, because if you, you are at the top of your spiral all the time, you are manifesting and living in perfection. You are not manifesting any obstacles whatsoever and your, your expansion ceases to be. Hmm. That's a very interesting point about, I mean, obviously the polarity is there for a reason. Um, and I've seen that and, and it's the way one approaches and, and labels fear. One is not afraid of the fear itself. One sees it as something to be embraced and um, something to be learned, something new. And, and it was interesting, the idea of trauma, how that is essential for, a, in some ways, a strong desire to come forth. And the earth itself has experienced so much trauma in the last uh, 20th century, you know, all these wars. You know, I was thinking about how these concepts don't even work anymore. We can't even imagine such a situation of like that war, World War II happening now. It's just not in my repertoire of thoughts, you know, and it's like, um, but we had to go through that polarity and that negativity in order to desire a peaceful earth. Uh, if we want to go back to, you mentioned a little bit of a astronomy, astrology with Pisces and, but you know, it's supposed to be the age of Aquarius now, right? It's a, it's just a, you know, an idea, you know, that uh, of a transition into another form of consciousness. Um, I don't know if you can say something about that. If, if that's a, is it a nice way to put it? Or I mean, we're gonna still have polarity. We still have war, but our our polarity will be different. It won't be dealing with, I would, I would assume, such physical, harmful things. Am I? maybe jumping too far in this belief? We have, we have been saying every, ever, ever since David began sharing our, our message publicly, we, we have been sharing that you were ascending to a higher and higher vibration across your planet. And, and the, you have created the scenario for yourselves where you now have the technology to communicate across your planet with mediums such as this, like you've never had before. You have social media. You have an availability of information almost globally at this point. And coming together and communicating in that way, you all are also educating yourselves to a higher degree. You're questioning the things that you've been taught. The things that served your grandparents do not serve your parents, and the things that serve your parents do not serve you. You were all generational, and you were all born up to speed with the time that you enter this, this, this environment. And those that are entering now are born up to speed with the technology and the thought of now and are going to continue to question and question and question. And, and, and notice there has been a big shift in the, the, the last couple of generations in automatically trusting the government and automatically trusting your religious institutions on the whole. There have always been individuals that have questioned these things, but the majority of people used to follow the rules as they were told. They were part of what we call society building. Society building went on on planet Earth for quite some time. It culminated at its peak probably in your 1950s when everyone, the, the mainstream idea was to follow what the government told you to do, to live the life that you were told to live and to, to behave in the way that your, your clergy told you to behave. That was sort of the peak of that time. After that, you had a great pushback and a questioning of because that was certainly not working for everyone. And more and more, the, the momentum began to, to gain on questioning your governments and your religion. And here you are now in your year 2020, 
questioning these things like never before and watching them crumble beneath you. These institutions that have, that have held your planet together and created with contrast expansion, society building, if you will, are faltering now more and more very rapidly because you are questioning their usefulness. You are questioning your need for them. You no longer need them and you see that. And you all are coming to understand like never before that you create your own bubble of reality. And if you focus on creating your bubble of reality, more and more of you are doing that. And you, when you begin focusing on creating your bubble of reality and understanding your eternal nature and understanding vibration, you step into a higher level of power, which ultimately culminates in you being in a higher vibration. And that is happening with the collective now. And that happening with the collective and the questioning how you treat your planet and how you treat each other is exactly what has driven this that we call the reset, which many of you are calling your pandemic. It, it is a combination of how you've been treating your planet and how you've been treating each other and you're questioning your government, you're questioning your religion. And notice that it's coming to a boiling point. And what happens next is always up to the collective consciousness focus. That is why we are not going to come on any program and, and tell you exactly what's going to be next because there's infinite possibilities. And we are not going to take that away from humanity. That is not up for, for, for our decision. That, that, that is up to humanity's collective consciousness. We are not influencing any of this. We do not have a desire. Our desire is, is for humanity to play out as it's going to play out based on the collective consciousness focus. That is how the universe is created and expands. If we had a set plan for humanity, there would be no purpose in humanity. You are coming here and co-creating our expansion with your creation. And your creation is, is driven via your desire for more or change or correction of some sort. And that desire, that, that, that manifestation of unwanted things is driven by polarity. Polarity exists to, to deliver a combination of wanted and unwanted things, always. And as long as you have polarity and as long as all creation occurs via the law of attraction, those are the two universal laws. You are going to have expansion as a result. So whatever's going on on planet Earth, even if it is a storm, if you will, and, and Earth creates its own storms with weather patterns, and humanity certainly creates storms, just as you create storms in your lives. The storms serve the purpose of expansion. So you are in a storm with your pandemic, by and large throughout humanity. But not all of you are participating in the storm. David is described as the ones practicing Thai are not paying attention to the storm. They are paying attention to their joy and their clarity and their abundance. And they are receiving that in turn. You all hold the ability to do this. And more and more of you are going to come through this period, perhaps stripped of your resources, the, the, the things that you think you have to have to be happy, stripped so much that you have nothing left to do but trust your abundance. And in trusting your abundance, receive it. Release fear. Release the need to control the outcome. Trust the universe yourselves to deliver everything that you want and need and see that it works. David proved that to himself prior to this pandemic so that he can teach it during and after the pandemic. That's what you are part of right now in this interaction, and that's what you are witnessing. And you are all going to come into your knowing that you are able to do this if you are choosing to believe teachings such as this, meaning trusting yourself, trusting your own inner guidance, 
believing in your ability to do or be or have anything that you want, releasing fear, not feeling the need to obey a set of rules from us, not feeling the need for us to predict your outcome for you, not feeling the need to even worship a deity. We guide you away from that. We have said all along, we are the source of all creation. We do not need to be worshiped by anyone. Why would we? We are here to co-create with you and we stand in awe of your creation always. Thank you for the guidance. And uh, I find it always fascinating that when I studied in school or university, that it took while, something I just did not understand, right? So, but when I hear these messages and at this, I, I realize it's one-to-one. I've never, in a channel message, there hasn't been many times where I did not understand. Like the, the understanding comes immediately. Like, and I, I just find that reaffirming and- um, It is because you are part of it. Yeah. It is your co-creation always. It is. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very appreciative that it's uh, it's becoming so clear in 2020. <laughs> and uh, I thank you very much. Uh, I guess because of time, um, I probably this, I would love to talk another time with you, but I'm, I'm guessing David has things to do, and uh, I'm very appreciative. Thank you very much. Very good. With much love. Much love back. We have. Wow. Thank you very much, David. That was great. Wow, I felt like that was good. No, yeah. that's, uh, uh, I'm just, you know, uh, you know amazing. Uh, and I love watching these later and, and getting little bits and pieces out of it too. Where I just Yeah, I, I like to go back and watch the do because I don't remember. It's funny, I was going to joke that, you know, I've never come out of that and said, well, that was an awful session. They were terrible. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, yeah, that's, uh, and, and you're feeling. They were really off their game today in the stream. Wow, no, I've never said that. It's always no. good. No, and and the feeling for you is always elation and high vibration. Oh, when I come out of it, I am I am just buzzing always. Wow. There's times that I, I don't know if you've seen some of the videos. There's times when it's been really in, in, in powerful interaction mm. where I'm crying. Wow, yeah. You know, the yeah. tears are just the release. Eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but I always have that buzzy feeling, and, and notice the video is starting to speed up now. Did you did it speed up on your end? Uh, no, though, but I always know these, knows these synchronicities, like the light changes, the focus changed. Yeah, yeah, the it's camera, like, the, the internet connection seems to change, all the stuff seems to change uh, as they turn out and stuff like that. It's really it's cool. Stream. It's and uh, I, the one, the one you know, thing that's really awesome, about it, awesome, but it's like, <laughs> really hard to grasp on. It's like, oh, we're going to make it harder for ourselves in the next incarnation. Like, you know, oh, like, yeah, nobody ever like, wants to hear that, but they do oh, say that. Yeah, it's they, like, what, they said one time, um, was if you think this life is difficult, just wait. The next one will be worse. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, higher self. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear that. No. But what I do like about that message, though, if you think about, uh, you know, the, the, the little child that's born into illness and, and poverty or, or something like that, when you when you flip it and you think of, wow, that that is a highly advanced soul seeking a very high degree of contrast, and and they're here purposefully. It yep. gives you more appreciation for their experience. It doesn't mean that you can't do something to try to aid their situation, you know, and want more for them, but it gives you a whole different perspective of that. And, and you don't feel like the world is so broken then. You understand that, wow, that, that's a human being that's placing, that's a soul conscious being that's placing themselves in the path of that on purpose mm -hmm. because of the experience that that can deliver. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, a, that's a really unique okay. way to look at that. And we're it taught is. to feel sorry for people and, and to be victims and, and all of that sort of thing. And, um, 
you know, it, it doesn't really serve a purpose for us to feel that way about ourselves or even, even other people. No, no, it's a, it's a very empowering message. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's come the time that we can accept it. That's what the point is. Like before we couldn't have accepted this, these things, it would have been hearsay, you know, to, to say that, you know, the child suffering is not a victim. Well, it's just about thinking a little deeper about everything. Yes. Okay. You know, it's very easy to say that's horrible. That's awful. I don't want that for them. And, and it's okay to think that way, but let's think a little deeper about what's mm -hmm. available in that experience. And also that that other person is in their own vibration living what they're living yeah that you can't take your perspective from your vibration and plop it into that other person's experience mm. with all your judgment of it yep. and understand how they're viewing their experience you know those 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 children living in villages uh you know starving to death have a different perspective and yes i want them to be fed of course yeah, i want them to be okay but they they are coming from that perspective Mm. of this is their reality and their experience and, and perhaps they don't even know any different or even if they do they're viewing it through their human eyes and mm. we can't put our human judgment on that no. that gives you some peace because at the end of the day we're not going to save humanity from itself no. there's going to be disagreement there's going to be illness there's going to be things that happen we can work to change it mm. somebody was saying the other day something about you know bringing peace on earth by a certain year not very far off and it sounds nice, but how are you going to do that? You know, I mean, right now uh, you're in the United States, right? No, I'm in Germany. Oh, this you're in Germany. A, okay. Yeah, I probably should have said that in the beginning, but I'm in Leipzig. So that's the uh, oh, okay. time okay. difference aspect is. Uh, wow. Uh, technology is great, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, here in the United States, you know, we have these protests going on. We have people that are so angry about the virus. We have people that are angry about having to wear masks. Uh, we have people that are terrified, staying at home, not leaving their house because they're so scared. Uh, I saw, uh, we went uh, running this morning and I saw people, you know, just so covered. I'm like, how are you running with a mask on? I breathe, <laughs> you know, but when I go to a store, I put a mask on. I don't care. You know, I had to go to Lowe's the other day to the hardware store and get some stuff. I stuck a mask on. No big deal. Yep. They ask you to wear a mask, wear a mask, but there's other people that are so angry. They're, they're shooting videos of themselves at retail stores, arguing with these poor people that work in these retail stores. You know about having to wear a mask just wear the mask or don't go in you know it's as simple as that but people make things so complicated so you're yeah. going to go from there to world peace in less than 10 years how's that going to happen and what's that going to do for us once we're there and we're all just agreeing with each other all the time no the, we came here for the spice uh that's that's we have to accept that and uh that's i think that's a, a good probably a good way to end the, the podcast is that um life's a game and um i think we kind of chose a a very scary but fun roller coaster to be on. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm excited for what's next. You know, let's be excited about it. it Whatever it is. Whatever, Whatever it is, let's be excited for what's next because we're all eternal beings. This this yes. life is going to end for all of us at some point. We know yeah. that. So why not enjoy the time that we have? And if you if you're living in fear and you're so worried about what's next, you're really holding yourself away from the joy that's available, regardless of what's going on in your life. Absolutely. And uh, so I want to thank you very much, David, and uh, the, the stream also, um, although they don't need my thanks. They're, <laughs> they're good with it, you know, but uh, I'm very appreciative and um, I wish you the best of luck with, uh, with your, your course. And I'm sure it will become, uh, you know, it will, it will come to the right people. That's, that's the point. 
And uh, thank you very much. Certainly. I appreciate you having me on, Justin. Cool. Have a great day. You too.